Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. College graduations are dominating the calendar this week. Congrats to the grads, they've worked hard. But have they been educated or just indoctrinated? The Monica Perez Show starts now. I am Monica Perez, the Libertarian Voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. But I am not the original Libertarian Voice on WSB. That would be the one and only Neil Bortz. And he will be here Monday morning from 9 to noon filling in for Herman Cain. So that's a treat. And uh, he will be reunited with WSB's own Jamie Dupree at 11.06. So stay tuned for that. That's something to look forward to Monday morning from 9 to noon. And uh, I have to say, I remember that one of Neil's uh, pet peeves or hot buttons was public school indoctrination. He would call, never call them public schools. He would call them government schools or state schools. And he... Uh, you know, rightly recognize that they were hotbeds of indoctrination, ideological indoctrination. And I agree with that. And I actually, that's what I want to talk about this week. And I would take it one step further and say at this point, I really want to talk about the higher education stuff. I'll talk about everything, but I'm really focused on college. Uh, and I, I, I've concluded that it's the, the actual goal is indoctrination at the expense, it's at the expense of real education. So where education is supposed to give you information and critical thinking, uh, skills, what they're doing now is quite often the exact opposite, which is spoon-feeding you a narrative that has been spun, you know, facts that have been uh, manipulated to present a certain explanation of history or whatever the topic is, and then further actually getting you to suspend critical thinking, critical analysis, so that you just simply accept and regurgitate what this official narrative is. I mean, it's like getting to the, I think it's beginning to approach the depths of the mainstream media as far as propaganda goes. And it's really... Uh, it's it's even going beyond that. I always feel like when you look at psychology and sociology and how they've been hijacked, I think what they're meant to do in particular is get the get people to think that they can't even depend on their own senses, their own reason, their own rational thought to understand the world around them and how people react to them and cause and effect that they're actually told that there's something going on that they're not really capable of uh, intuiting that they have to really look to these theories to explain stuff. And an example of that that has been in the news like crazy lately, there's a huge article in it uh, about it in the Wall Street Journal last weekend, is this concept of a microaggression. Have you heard of this microaggression? They are deliberately sensitizing students to 
microaggressions. And in this article, the Wall Street Journal article I read, it gave one example that uh, it was people, if somebody asks you where you're from, that could be a microaggression because it's trying to get something, you know, judge you by your nationality or your ethnic origin or whatever, and you should be offended by that. And the article went on to say that there's some activists who are calling for uh, an uh, anonymous hotlines, a kind of see something, say something approach to microaggression. So you could anonymously identify somebody else by name and it would activate uh what is, was called in the article, a bias response team. So just think about that. And, and as you think about that, you know, evaluate whether or not you think sensitizing students to uh, be uh, more aware of possible inadvertent offenses, that things people are saying without meaning to hurt you or people who do not... Think of the world in terms of, uh, you know, their uh, stereotypes, but still those little things you're supposed to become hypersensitive to, call the authorities, that kind of thing. It, there's In my way of looking at it, this whole article talked about how it will have the exact opposite impact. The guys who wrote it were psychologists, psychiatrists, or whatever. I'm like, you know, I don't need a psychiatrist to tell me that's going to have the opposite impacts. People aren't going to want to be honest with each other. They're not going to want to talk to people from other groups who might get offended by stuff that you don't even know is offensive. And in the long run, when you graduate, it's not going to be good for you to uh, take offense at everything. You can't work with people like that. I mean, that's the worst. Have to walk on eggshells around people. It can't be for the good of the people it claims to be for the good. So there has to be something going on behind this. There has to be an agenda at work. Just has to be. So what is it? What do you think is the the real purpose of, of making people hyper? It's really just an extreme form of PC, of political correctness. Let me know what you think. 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. Or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. So I, I actually tweeted this question out last night. Why are colleges deliberately making students hypersensitive to microaggressions? And I actually have to say, funny enough, that that in itself would be considered a microaggression. Like the article, another example the article cited of what a microaggression would be was uh, if you, in a class discussion, question the wisdom of affirmative action. That that in itself would be a microaggression against people who benefit from affirmative action or who are just sympathetic with that policy who are in your classroom. So, I mean, it's really a high level of thought, please. And so uh, I tweeted it out, and Twitter is not a place for sensitive people. I will just tell you that. <laughs> it is not microaggressive. It is macroaggressive. So you've got to have a little bit of a thick skin if you use it. And I don't censor the tweets. I just read them as I get them, and, uh, and I'll tell you, what I think about it, the first tweet I got in response from 3RG said, uh, in response, what could be a cause behind uh, the sensitivity to microaggression? He said, reliance on the state, running to cops and other authorities for protection from life's smallest incidents. And I actually think he's really onto something that uh, that's a that's a major purpose here 
is to uh, get people to want the authority of the state to think that there is a problem they they need the authority of the state to solve and i first solidified my understanding of this as a as a deliberate goal from the top and the my favorite expose ever report from iron mountain they said now that the threat of war has been diminished through nuclear arms so that actually diminished the threat of war people the more peace and prosperity you have the less people need government the less they rely on government lest they call for government. So if you, that actual report called for creating problems, uh, they actually cited through um, demonizing minorities, through creating an environmental hoax, things where people believe they need the authorities to protect them. And this could be an example of that. That was a good one from 3RG. Another one I got, another tweet I got was from AJ, cultural revolution is uh, underlying this microaggression policy. Destroy the four olds. Old ideas, old customs, old habits, and old culture. And then he uh, attached a link to a Guardian article about Mao's cultural, so-called cultural revolution, which the anniversary of that is 50th anniversaries this Monday, May 16th. There was a, it was a terrible upheaval, and it was in order to strengthen the state and of course it makes sense because culture in itself is a is a non-coercive power culture is a non-coercive power that that competes with the state's coercive power so any culture is a threat to the state any culture but culture is also a a threat because it gives specific recourse to people who need help they don't have to go to the state they can go to their community their family their church for help if they're being attacked or in need or sick or whatever and the more that diminishes the more that's not visible to people the more people will need the state so the state deliberately replaces that stuff and even if you look at what college does so often it actually removes the youth from the community they they go away to college and it changes everything that removes them from their family and then they're a little more uh ready for this indoctrination it's it's really there's many many levels to this i think i've got uh i'm going to go to the calls right after this 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB talk and it's a tweet heavy show so tweet at me at monica perez show Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It is 77 degrees outside the studio. 80 is going to be the high today. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And we are talking about this phenomenon of training kids to be hypersensitive to microaggressions on campus. So... I, it's obviously not good for people to think this way. So what's it all about? 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Dave in Norcross. Hi, Dave. You're on with Monica. Yeah, hi, Monica. Um, I, I agree with the, the part, the, the, the guy who said that uh, compliance with the dictates of the state is part of it. But I think it goes beyond that. It also um, can be used when, when any subtle, little subtle thing you do, um, can, can be used as, as an assertion that you have done something wrong. You know, with this microaggression, hey, the way your body language was, 
the way you tilted your head or diverted your eyes, anything can be used as an excuse by which somebody who doesn't fall into line with the dictates of the state can be accused of wrongdoing. Yeah, and that's why then they have the alert thing, because I did also get a tweet that said it's the same stuff that the Stasi used in East Germany. It's not happenstance. They know where they're taking us. Oh, yeah, and... and uh, these guys, I went to I see I went to Ithaca College where apparently this stuff is rampant now, and what these are becoming now are sort of Marxist training camps where they're indoctrinating these kids into not free and critical thought, but the exact opposite to fall into line with the dictates of the power structure. If you don't, you've done something wrong, and then the the way they sort of. Uh, the, the, the way they sort of are able to manifest that is you don't have to really do something wrong. It can be reduced. The threshold is so low, it can be reduced to some micro thing you did. Yes. Yes, that's interesting because even the language there tells you that because this started not very long ago as the terrorism thing. It, I mean, like last year, see something, say something, and they want to bring that here. I mean, this slippery slope thing is going faster and faster all the time as they introduce stuff that they say is used for terrorism now it'll be micro terrorism yeah and any little thing and if and if you don't fall into line with the dictates and the theorems of the state they can use any little subtlety or nuance you do to call you a micro terrorist uh, thereby solidifying their power and control that's what it's about and beyond and and to make this is why i get so suspicious i don't normally say of the left because i think it's a mistake to think this is that that this kind of attempt to put all the power on the top is coming strictly strictly from the left but in this case the left is playing the role of advocating for universal college free college and eventually you know if it's if things aren't uh banned in this country they're mandatory like i i expect the next thing to be that college will be compulsory and not because it's good for you or education they're going to act like it's something good for you but it's really so that no one can escape this indoctrination at the most you know, vulnerable, kind of impressionable age. Right, and it is coming from the left in, in terms of, you know, most edu- educational institutions are far leftist um, entities at this point in time. You know? Yes, I, I, I totally uh, recognize that. I'm not going to say that isn't the ideology of the left, but I also see the parallels here with going to uh with like the media how far the media mainstream media big big media has sunk on the left and right to really be propaganda for you know the most important official narratives and this idea to never question the absolute authority of the state that comes really from both sides more after this 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB-TALK this is monica perez maybe it's something really cool that I don't even know about. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. Don't forget, I want to give you a local reminder, May 24th is the Republican primary here in Georgia. And I've had a couple of people who are on that ballot, or I had last week Catherine Bernard, who's running for state house out of Brookhaven. And t- today at 530, I'm going to have Derek Grayson on, who is running for the U.S. Senate Republican slot. 
against Isaacson. So I'd be interested to hear what he has to say. And I don't usually have guests. I just, for those guys, I, I've been aware of them as, I guess, uh, Maybe they would call themselves liberty-loving Republicans. That was Catherine's word for it. And I just, I like their principles. I think they have the courage of their convictions. And so I wanted to kind of give them a few minutes to introduce themselves to us. So you can go listen to my podcast on MonicaPerezShow.com for Catherine. And uh, stay tuned for Derek at 530 today. And But right now, we are talking about, it's, I thought it would be great, weekend to talk about college graduations uga's commencement was last night and just the whole week has been filled with graduations and i don't want to diminish in any way the accomplishment that these kids have uh achieved i myself i I hated school i actually dropped out of high school i ended up in community college it's a very long story i won't tell you but i i did transfer to harvard from there and finished in two years. I got a regular degree from Harvard, and it it worked out for me. It was a it was worthwhile. Now, when I was there, do I feel like I really figured things out? That I really opened my mind? Absolutely not. I respect Harvard. I appreciate it. They gave me a full scholarship. They really pulled me out of uh, or redirected me from what what probably would have been a bad direction. And but what I had to do to to pass to get good grades and stuff i really just had to understand what they were trying to teach me and deliver it back to them but now when i want to learn something i just i read books i try to read you know three maybe three books maybe five books if it's a really wide topic i check my facts i always follow up on footnotes really figure stuff out and boy (laughs) what i learned in school uh, I don't think would pass that test. I think it was very ideological and not uh, based on on even reality. However, uh, it did work. The credential was worth was worth it. And I followed up a little bit on the stats. And, and it seems like employment rates are lower. Unemployment rates are lower with higher education and uh, salaries are up. I kind of wonder if anyone ever did that comparison with people who took the same time and money and invested it in their own business. Or if it's a self-selected group of people who just didn't want to go to college, maybe that skews the stats on that from the get-go. I don't know, but I have a list of like six or eight or ten tech billionaires who dropped out of places like Harvard and seem to have been their most successful graduates, if if business success is how you measure it. So I don't know, but but not only do you have to evaluate my opinion, the time, effort, and actual monetary price of this against of a college education against the knowledge that you receive the skills the ability to think career enhancement that kind of thing if it's really there but there's a downside risk i find when i think about sending my kids off to college and it is this idea of indoctrination and what I actually think there's a risk that you get them back a risk. It may even you could be laughing like a risk. Obviously, it's that's exactly what happens that you get them back worse off in a way less able to think less open minded. And again, some of the things that you believe that they now categorize as uh, prejudice or on PC or whatever. And I was always taught by my parents, even things that you didn't want to hear you didn't like to hear 
you have to face it if it's the truth. So like a couple of paths I've gone down myself is, you know, does the Vatican run the world? Or did women getting the vote really doom this country to socialism? I mean, these are paths that I will read stuff about, even though... Uh, an answer in the affirmative would really hurt me and make me personally sad. I try to open my mind to that stuff. I am not afraid of the truth. And I feel like the colleges are trying, like what the pattern that's happening right now in the colleges that you're seeing in the news all the time is the opposite. They're trying to stifle people, disinviting conservatives from campus. I don't fall for the left-right thing. I don't. I think the conservatives just want you to believe their uh, stuff as well, and that both of them, left and right, are really bottom line uh, when you when it comes to the their our representatives in D.C. Hardcore conservatives, hardcore liberals, they all want big government, or at least the result of their efforts always seems to be big government. So I, that's not what I'm worried about. I am I am worried though about the thought police, and it it to me it's embodied best in this trend of of sensitizing kids to microaggression it not only gets them to call out people on stuff that is seems slightly offensive to them or they're taught to find offensive an example was that if someone asks you where you're from you should be offended by that because they're trying to judge you uh stereotype you but for me it's uh you know that's it's not so much that they're trying to uh, get you to tell on other people, but it stifles your own thought. It actually, I think it may even be more of a thought police for you. Oh, well, I shouldn't, you know, I ask them if they're, where they're from because uh, I don't want them to think that I'm, uh, you know, microaggressive. <laughs> and that will make us not like each other, but most of all, it'll make us not say anything or think anything and i think that that's that it's the chilling effect is one of the many many things but what's the agenda behind this it's not it's not what they say it's not so that uh people will that minorities or target groups or disenfranchised groups or whatever will be better off they will not be better off this will make it worse it's obvious it'll make it worse i just read an uh, exhaustive article in the journal by psychiatrist said it's proven it will make it worse so what's the real agenda 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB talk i'm going to ron in atlanta hi ron you're on with monica hi how are you doing good how are you doing i'm doing good i really think that the overall goal is the de-individualization of america i think that Collectively, when people join together and separate themselves, they create a strength that allows them to maintain themselves without the state's help and without the state's necessitation in life. And it starts with the kids. They're taking kids in sporting events and giving everyone the same trophy now. They're taking away individualization and they're taking away any kind of thing that makes you separate from the group and they're creating everyone to be the same so that you are required to to rely your life on the government. And I really feel like socialism, socialism is the final goal here. I feel like eventually everyone makes the same, everyone does the same. There is no greatness. Everyone, it's like Ayn Rand's anthem. There is no individual. There is only a we. And as long as we take away what makes people stronger, what makes people feel like sets them apart, then, you know, and it just starts with the young and then you create this generation of these wusses that we have now who 
are afraid to stand out or afraid to be different from anyone else. And, it, it, you know, it's just, it's crazy. That's an interesting point, uh, Ron, because, and I hadn't actually thought of that one, this idea that you think in in the form of a collective, collectivism, whereas I, I personally am an extreme libertarian and individualist. So for me, racial classifications, ra- stereotyping people based on race, whether it's uh, traditional, formal racism or reverse racism or gender stuff. Somebody asked me the other day, in all seriousness, do you think that the world would be a better place if it were run by women? <laughs> I was like, that is a question. That doesn't even make sense to me. I don't know what the, I, don't, I, I can't characterize this vast collective of people i don't know i mean angela merkel and margaret thatcher and hillary clinton i don't know if they'd be any better than the alternatives as a collective just don't think that way and uh if you do though it is it is actually and this is one thing that's true about this whole setup it's totally disempowering because what it does is it tells you you have no control over your group or what happens to you because somebody else's thoughts are your problem. The problem, and you need to ask somebody to help you control that person's thoughts, whereas it would be much better for you as an individual. For me, I, I faced a few incidences of extreme discrimination, laughable discrimination. And one has been covered extensively in the news recently, these Harvard finals clubs. There are clubs where uh, only men are allowed. And I was in one once and it was so clear these guys were trading basically their dad's investment banking internships among each other. So it didn't look like their dads were hiring them, but they're hiring each other. It was so obvious they had a huge, huge advantage. But I don't I don't want to change that. I don't want to take offense at it. I just recognized it and I thought, oh, this is what I'm up against. I better, you know, work a little harder. And uh, I found it empowering to be aware of it and to deal with it and to move on. And it was hurtful and depressing and scary, but it wasn't a deal breaker. I could actually uh, get by with that. Um, and I and I think if I just focused on it or thought I had to like call the cops on these guys, I wouldn't have gotten anywhere. I'm going to go to Steve and Canton. Hi, Steve. You're on with Monica. Yeah. Hi, Monica. Um... You did cover a lot of what I was going to say, but I did want to bring up an interesting point, I think, about big government throughout history. There's two spheres that man operates in, which is human nature and human spirit. The human nature is where you wish you'd win the lottery, one night stands, you go to the mall, and you plan on spending 100 and you spend 300 In other words, more impulsive. The human spirit is where self-reliance independence, pride, competition, and also where your human compass is. Throughout history, governments or the state has tried to eliminate the human spirit, which the most detrimental part about it is why it doesn't work for long periods of time is because you take away the human compass, which is what distinguishes people from murdering or not murdering and rape and all kinds of extreme things that happen. Once that's removed, more outrageous acts follow. But big government 
is completely designed to eliminate the human spirit. That's interesting, Steve, that you point that out, because I observed recently that what I call the nobility of man that they want to eradicate that and and not and actually do everything they can to suppress it rather than to evoke it. Correct. That's exactly right. So, but it's been it's been going on through throughout history. So, when the immigration came from Europe, these were folks that were very spirited. Plan took a chance to with two nickels in their pocket just for the chance of freedom and self-reliance and independence. That's what they came here for. That's what they wanted to explore for the first time in their lives. They were willing to take a chance on everything. That's consistently being eliminated. And now, free stuff. When, when you get free stuff, what happens? The human spirit dies. All of that is trying to be eliminated now. We don't migrate to this country in mass numbers like that for that now. Now we migrate here for other governmental reasons yeah that's funny because it actually what you're talking about would be that the draw was the opposite of the thing that made us self-reliant that instead of having people come because that's because they have that spirit and this is my thing about this kind of policies that encourage this kind of immigration for you know getting goodies or even family reunification the old kind of immigration was people who came because they wanted this culture so i don't care what race or ethnicity or nation they come from at all i just don't care about that but what you want is to keep the great stuff going and if they voluntarily come for that you can keep that going that's a very interesting point 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB talk or you can tweet at me at monica perez show monica perez on News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. It is 77 degrees outside the studio. 80 is going to be the high today. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate, heating and air. We're talking about, among other things, um, the many reasons for indoctrination, especially in higher education. But uh, specifically, I was thinking of this microaggression sensitivity training where if someone says something that neither of you knew was offensive before, you should learn that it is offensive and you can call an anonymous hotline about it <laughs> to get the, quote, bias response team. I don't know if there actually is a bias response team in place yet, but that is uh, being called for by some of the most active activists. But I want to know what you have to say. 800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Marie and Marietta. Hi, Marie. You're on with Monica. Hi. Um, I'm trying to connect what I was going to tell you with what you're talking about, um, about the colleges. Um, I work at a college, so I'm aware of what you're talking about very much. And my mother was Spanish, and uh, they were in Cuba, but they came from Spain. And I was trying to dig up some information about my, uh, why my grandfather left Spain with his mother. It was like he had to get out of there with, you know, just fast. Yeah. Uh, were, uh, there was something going on with the young, the killing the young man. And I couldn't find any information when I went straight to Spain, uh, to the internet and trying to find out about Franco and all this stuff is like hidden away. Uh, somehow, uh, I can't hardly get any information. But why I'm saying this is because I'm thinking that our kids are not going to be given 
all the information from the past of our ancestors. I mean, I oh, that's interesting. Let me I'm tell you, Marie. Let me kids. interrupt you for a second. Okay. The something that I'm thinking about, uh, and I've noticed quite a bit, is whenever I read about that bombings that are happening in the Middle East, so much of it is destroying ancient millennia old cultural relics. And, and for me, I'm not much of a, you know, museum goer. It's not my thing. I, and when I travel, I want to sit on the beach and have a pina colada. So it's not going to hurt me, but I see that that is a way to demoralize a population. And it's also a way to disconnect them from any sense of power and longevity and community that they might have. Understanding your roots are our roots. That is the roots. The roots is in your your uh, heart and mind. I, I think that's connected to what you're saying. But why I'm telling you this is because I noticed it in my own kids went to college, graduated, that they're not, uh, they don't see, they don't see how important it is, uh, especially about Cuba, the way Cuba had became, because my grandfather went there when it was, you know, Petita, Petita and he lit, he was, it was all different. Okay, and the kids don't seem to think how to, to me, is a horrible thing because they took everything from my parents. Yeah, but the kids don't understand the importance of the history, is that what you're saying? Yeah, they don't see how, they're making it, it's like, it's all covered up, it's like, they don't see how we can be that way. They don't see... Oh, yes. Yes, I... Yeah, I think that you have a real point there in that uh, if... If you, you know, it's that old kind of hackneyed expression, if you don't understand a history, you're doomed to repeat it. But there was a movement. If you look up Norman Dodd, he has like, there's an interview with him. He was really old when the interview happened. It's on YouTube, Norman Dodd. He was a researcher for the House Un-American Activities Committee into tax-exempt foundations. And he talked about how the Carnegie Endowment was basically hijacked. And one of their goals was to... Uh, I, I've also read this in other books that to reinvent, rewrite our history, to prepare us for a collectivist future, to disconnect us from our individualist past, the thing that made us so successful. So uh, that could be one of the, the backstories here with all this PC stuff. 800 WSB Talk, or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show, going to Andrew and the rest of your calls, top of the hour. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.